Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical wellness to emotional and spiritual. We hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Today on the podcast, we have an incredible conversation with Leslie Salmon Jones and Jeff Jones, the founders of AfroFlow Yoga. AfroFlow Yoga is a one of a kind experience that promotes healing, balance, peace, and the elevation of all humanity through the practices of yoga, dance, rhythms, spirituality, and cultural values of the African diaspora in a compassionate, non judgmental, and safe environment. Afroflow Yoga envisions a world where the oppression of all beings has been alleviated and nature has been restored back to a state of harmony. Through the traditions and teachings of dances of the African diaspora, yogic practices, healing rhythms, love, and compassion, you awaken out of the illusions of separation of self, others, and nature. Afroflow Yoga celebrates, honors, and respects our shared humanity and cultural differences through the deep wisdom of our personal stories and stories and traditions of our ancestors, bridging cultural divides through ritual, healing, joy, nature, and the recognition of our oneness in the divine. In this episode, we have an in-depth conversation with Leslie and Jeff about their personal journeys to this inspiring and empowering work and their journey to each other. They are seriously couples goals. We also talk healing, deep generational trauma, and the power of music and movement. We really enjoyed this conversation and hope you learn as much as we did. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. If you listen to our episode with founder Carly Stein, then you already know how powerful Beekeepers Naturals products are. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Allie and I are absolutely obsessed with these products and I've been using them consistently since December when Carly was on the podcast. So Allie, what is your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product? I love the Propolis Throat Spray. I've used it consistently through the year and it's been my immune system's secret weapon, which makes sense since Propolis is basically the immune system of the beehive and has germ fighting properties. What about you? I love the Propolis too, especially as somebody who always had strep throat and throat infections. 
it has seriously changed my entire life. <laughs> but with that said, my favorite product is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. Bee Chill Hemp Honey delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so that you can find your bliss. Made with USA grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I sleep like a baby when I take it before bed and it seriously takes the edge off of my whole day. It also hits the spot when I'm craving something sweet after dinner, which is just an added bonus. If you want to try the Propolis or the Beechel Hemp Honey or any of the other amazing products, you can receive 15% off your Beekeeper's Naturals order by using the code COURAGEOUSWELLNESS, all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash courageouswellness. And you can also find the direct link in our show notes. Hi guys, we have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy boosting treat to a health enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. Welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. We are so excited to have you and to hear about the work that you do and your journey to it. So to get started, um, maybe you can each share about your personal journey. And then I'd love to hear also about your journey to each other because I just remember when I met you, you both are couples goals. I want to just say that. So for our listeners, I can't wait for everyone to hear this too. So Great. Thank you so much, Ali and Erica, for inviting <laughs> us. It was great meeting you back at the IIN conference in October, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. It was just great meeting you. Um, yeah, you two were one of the many shining lights out there in the audience <laughs> that when we looked out, it was it's very inspiring and it's all about sending the love and, and getting it back. And it really helped our whole presentation. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Out of the 1,100 people, <laughs> yeah. <to> you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so very uh, briefly about my background, I was born in Toronto, Canada, which is actually one of the most multicultural cities in the world. Have you been there? Yes. I, I haven't, no. <laughs> I haven't spent a lot of time there, though. Mostly airport visits. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a beautiful city, and I grew up. Um, if my three of my grandparents were from Jamaica, and I don't know if you've been to Jamaica, but it's beautiful, must go. And then my grand, my grandmother, the only grandparent I knew was my Scottish Irish Canadian grandmother Violet Bell, and I had cousins who were blonde, and cousins from Jamaica, and I had a cousin who was born in the Philippines. 
and another cousin who's native Canadian. And I grew up in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. I went to Anglican church and the list goes on. So diversity has been like at the forefront of uh, my, at the core of my being really. And then my mother, Beverly Salmon was a nurse. So wellness was always just like caregiving, caregiving, caregiving. And she ended up actually broadening her caregiving skills and became a community activist. Wow. And then she broadened that and became a grassroots politician and um, taught me the power of transforming our communities and the well-being of our communities, bringing people together from all different walks of life and how important that was for our, our well-being. And then my dad, who had been orphaned, uh, became a surgeon and he was Canada's first black chief of surgery. Wow. And uh, I used to work in his office as a teenager and he was a pioneer in gastric bypass surgery for the morbidly obese. And so I would see his patients come into his office one summer and some of them were like 600 pounds facing, I mean, really um, morbidly, like they were possibly going to die if they didn't do something. And then I'd see them the next summer and have a whole new lease on life mm. and be so happy. And, and it, it just, those two things planted the seeds of wellness and well-being. When I was seven years old, I started a ballet training with my aunt, Aunt Marjorie Sorrell. And then, then when I was 13, I saw the company Alvin Ailey. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Alvin Ailey. Yes, I actually grew up in New York City, so I had a lot of friends who would dance at Alvin Ailey as teenagers. Wow, wow. Yeah, so so that's where I did my training. I, I It was a passion when I saw them. I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I went and auditioned to train, and that was back in 91. I'm dating myself, but it was a while back. <laughs> and part of my training, um, Alvin Ailey was really revolutionary. If you don't... To the viewers out there, if you don't know Alvin Ailey, definitely look him up because he was an incredible being. Uh, but he, back then, believed in the power of yoga, and mm. it was part of our training. It was a requirement as our training. So that's a bit about my story. And then, and then I was training, and then I did my undergraduate degree in health and wellness and health sciences and opened a studio in Manhattan for 10 years. And I was also a coach. So I did, uh, got my certification in wellness coaching. And so as I had my clients come into um, my studio and I did a lot of one-on-one -on -one holistic personal training, incorporating the wellness coaching, knowing that people are multi-dimensional and just not one dimensional. And then simultaneously, I was working with youth in, uh, in Harlem and Brooklyn and places where there weren't a lot of um, good foods. They called them food deserts. Uh, and there was a lot of childhood obesity and high blood pressure, diabetes. And so I integrated the arts with health and wellness. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. That's an amazing story, and we're gonna we're gonna dive more into that in a little bit. 
Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about yours, your background? Yeah, I'm a um, multifaceted uh, individual. I have uh, uh, generations in the music world. Um, my parents were musicians, also in technology. Um, I can trace my roots back here to Boston for four generations and and further on another side of the family to uh, an enslaved African that was brought into the country in 1820. Um, she was 14 years old. She gained her freedom, bought uh, some property, had nine children, and my great-grandmother was one of those um, who used to make many trips from North Carolina to Boston I guess she ended up being a nanny, and so she got to see a lot of the world at an early age. Uh, so that side of the family, we, we still connect with, and we have family reunions, and we, so there's a deep history. In fact, she built a church, and I was recently there for the funeral of one of our relatives, so there were hundreds of relatives buried around the ground, so I, could, I spent probably an hour just looking at all the different gravestones that go back to the 1800s. And it's a really amazing uh, uh, family uh, tradition of, of the uh, family reunions. Mm. So on another side of the family, my parents were both musicians along with other, my father was into electronics. I'm, I have that side, I have an engineering degree also, but I uh, studied music from the age of six, started with piano, um, went to trumpet and uh, mainly had been uh, playing bass and toured with bands, and um, and I've always grown up thinking that I had to sing and play bass, which was a very rare thing um, back in those days, because both my mother and father both sang, mm -hmm. and my dad was a bass player for Billy Holiday, Sammy Davis Jr., Tom Jones, wow. to name a few. So I grew up thinking, oh, well, I have to play bass and sing, not knowing that that was a, a high bar, but it kept me employed for years with <laughs> And, and being called regularly, um, my dad's drummer gave me a set of, of um, bongos at the age of 12. So that's when I started my percussion uh, career. And um, I have since um, incorporated that in Afroflow Yoga, where I also play multi many different instruments, lute, bass, kalimbas. Mm. It's a whole... Um, uh, essence and quite the um, tonal uh, healing uh, modality. Mm. So we have uh, developed this in with our uh, our practice, as you could, as you saw at the um, IIN Institute of Integrative Nutrition um, event. I had them all on the stage and was able to give a, a little sample of that. But um, my my health and wellness um, history started in high school. I was kind of in with a group of folks um, that were that were into the whole foods of that time, mm -hmm. and they were into natural food. So it was a, it was kind of an amazing journey that they were into like jazz and and natural food, and they really weren't into you know alcohol at the time. You know, of, of course, I've had my little stints of being playing in clubs and you know so um but i was it was so nice to grow up in an environment of people who were conscious of their food back back in high school that was 
just a, a gift. Um, I then um, went along as I was working in, in technology, I find that found that I was, you know, I would get pretty stressed because I ended up with a job in the Department of Defense and working for the Air Force and engineering, although I've always played music. <clears throat> so that's when uh, yoga, kundalini, I started the kundalini yoga, which was a way to reduce that, uh, that stress. Mm -hmm. And um, soon thereafter, I met Leslie and we've been on this journey of of combining fitness and music and um, nutrition. And, you know, we've made a couple of fitness DVDs together. So, and we've done other projects, including um, hair shows <laughs> with choreographed models. And then I would do the music. And um, that's kind of where our, our um, lives converged professionally. So you have both come from these really like rich backgrounds in the arts and wellness, and they've sort of integrated for both of you. And now take us to the point where you meet each other and how does Afroflow yoga emerge from that? Like combining your skills, combining your backgrounds and your passions and talents. How, how does this sort of baby get birthed? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a journey. It's been a journey. <laughs> um, so we met uh, 25 years ago, and it's uh, it's a fun story. I was, of course, two years old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so at the time, I was in New York and in dancing, and I was doing a lot of healing. And I was reading actually a book by this woman named Queen Afua, and she's a holistic guru amazing african-american woman who's transformed communities that have been underserved mm -hmm. and she had a center called heal thyself and i was reading her book i was doing all this like it's about fasting eating raw foods and meditation and cleansing and it was like her programs called liberation through purification mm -hmm. and there was a chapter where it was about uh, attracting your soulmate and or it was like either a chapter or a, a mantra or something and i remember reading it and i i was actually dating this really nice guy and i was like i really want to be in alignment but i have some emotional baggage i'm carrying so i broke up with the guy and told him i'm going through this healing journey and then the next day i'm on a plane and i see this guy <laughs> <laughs> You, you put that you put that guy on pause actually well, yeah. i mean i didn't break up with him in that negative i was like look you're a little too good for me right now mm -hmm. <laughs> i was like i'm not ready to receive such a you know and so anyhow we met on a plane on the usa shuttle uh flying from new york to boston at 7 a.m in the morning, 7 in the morning. <laughs> wow. too early it was early Wow, that's that's so romantic. <laughs> we call it cloud nut. We are like close to heaven. Yes. Around close yes, that's so beautiful. And I love too how you're reading this book, right? And like getting in alignment with what you wanted and then this appears, right? So and it took courage, right, to put that other relationship on pause. So 
it is. It's, it's, I think, really inspiring, your, your story of meeting. Um, and I think, right, the work that you were doing, like you said, you were combining, you know, the arts with wellness, right? Like healing in these communities, especially with so many children and people who have, we're living in food deserts, you know, even in Los Angeles, I think people are so unaware of how this is happening in our backyards in these major cities that there are actual food deserts and childhood obesity. Um, and movement is so healing because, right, we carry trauma in our bodies, right? So even if we, you know, push it down or are not thinking about it, it's it's still very alive in our bodies. So your work with Afroflow Yoga, did that come out of the work that you were already doing? Um, how did you come up with this concept? And um, maybe you could share as well what it is and why it's so healing as well. Well, from, from the music end, because live music accompanies this, I've toured with many different bands, played all over the world, including Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And um, so our job most of the time was large dance bands to play for, for people you know, and get people moving and, and know what is going to stimulate people. So that has been incorporated into this practice to really mm-hmm watch and see what people need and be very dynamic, you know, with the yoga and the dance to be able to bring people first, make them calm. It's, it's almost like playing at a wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you start with some, some nice, easy listening music, get people settled. And then, and then it just flows from there to very dynamic, you know, before they're going to eat, you try to liven them up a little bit and then get them back in the seats. <laughs> and, uh, so it's it's very akin to that uh, the the way our flow is dynamic, not only the intensity of the music, the volume, but the the rhythm, the frequency, and you know making sure that people don't don't get to shavasana too early, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> musically speaking. But that's music. The music end of that is, you know, I'll let Leslie um, speak about the the yogic part yeah. of it yes yeah mm-hmm. really afro flow yoga which is a combination of um dance and dances of the african diaspora and uh yoga and live music as jeff is speaking of came stemmed out of our own healing journey and the the need to connect and the desire to connect to our ancestors mm. and so when three of our parents passed away back in 2000 seven after they had passed away, and we decided to go throughout West Africa. So we took a journey for about a month and a half, and we went to uh, Cote d'Ivoire, Ghana, Togo, and Benin. And there's where we visited the slave dungeons where most likely our ancestors had come from. Mm-hmm. So when you do something like that, when you go to a place where there has been trauma, or you, if you were taken unwillingly, the prayer is to want to go back home, like mm-hmm. you want to get back. Mm-hmm. And so we realized we were answering the prayers of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. And after that, when we got home uh, back to New York or Boston at the time, we were just doing a lot of our own healing work. Um, I'm very empathetic. Uh, I can be, I have been in the past. And so a lot of the female work and the female slave dungeons I did a lot of work around my womb, and Jeff has been super uh, supportive of that. So we were both 
doing deep ritual to connect. And then the vision of Afroflow Yoga came through um, when I was invited to teach at the Lost Spirit Festival in 2008, uh, African, Afro-Caribbean dance and yoga. And I had the vision to combine them all. And then mm. Jeff brought the vision to bring the music, which is so healing, had such a healing aspect. Yeah, that, I mean, we got to experience some of that um, when we, we met you at the live conference, which was really what sort of sparked our interest in your, I mean, you got to share some of your story with us, which was incredible, but then also getting to experience what you guys do was also really incredible. And, um, it's interesting. I think this is an important part of, you were talking about community wellness and wellness, you know, Erica and I explore a lot on the podcast that this world of what quote unquote wellness, uh, can mask as many different things. It, it can also be, especially in Los Angeles, incredibly privileged and out of touch with what it actually, what does it mean to be well and, and strive for that? Like, is it just green juices and you know what I mean? Like it's not. And so really like having these conversations and what you just brought up, which ultimately transformed into this healing modality that you now travel all over the world, bringing to different people and different cultures, um, came from exploring ancestral trauma. And that, I don't know if people are fully conscious of, I think it's becoming more of a conscious thing and a more talked about subject. But even if it's just generational, like multi-generational trauma that you can track back your parents and your grandparents, like whatever your kind of immediate family could be. But then on an even bigger level, going back from an ancestral point of view, which there's so many, I mean, the African-American experience is, comes from that, right? Which is what you're touching on. And then also, I am, you know, I, I have friends or not friends, family members who went back to like concentration camps in Eastern Europe from even just the thirties. Right. So it's like, but generations of generations of many peoples who have suffered like not just personal trauma, but like cultural trauma and, um, how that's like a, that's an incredible thing. I think as individuals to want to dive into that, I mean, that's a lot of work, right? And so from that, you guys have created something that is so beneficial and so healing. But how do you, how, if that's a new concept for any group that you bring it to, how do you, um, how do you start? Like what's, what's the start with opening people up to wanting to even just sort of explore the, that part of themselves? Well, I guess the, the main thing that I, I think of that we have to um, emphasize is that you know, on our journey, the people who were, in, they were enslaved. So they didn't start out as slaves. So some right. people think, oh, they are slaves. No, these people were possibly victims of a war and may have been turned into prisoners or may have been kidnapped. Right. To just sell off because, you know, the Europeans coming into to Africa they needed some help to set this whole system up. Mm -hmm. So 
some of the existing kings, you know, they they may have traded people for guns, you know. So the you know just like now you have, you know, the trafficking trafficking yeah. uh, situation still going on, but the main thing is that these people may have been kings and queens, and they may have been turned into you know enslaved people. So I think what happens is we rise. The, my mother used to say, "The water rises to, to its own level," um, mm. and I think through through that whole ancestry, we these experience or, or your roots come through of where where you may have come from. Particularly, you know, when I think about all my um, ancestors who came up into the the, through the music world, and um, yeah. my grandmother was an amazing organist and taught, and she was in classical music, and we, she uh, uh, would do concerts with classical and then old Negro spirituals. She actually was born in 1891 and was a mentor to, if people look this, these names up, Marion Anderson and Roland Hayes, who were the early uh, African-American classical singers. So I used to sit underneath her organ and watch her kick the bass pedals. So that's where probably my my influence of the bass and and even in, in yoga, we when we do programs with the children, when they start getting a little little um, excited and uncontrollable, uh, like herding cats. Um, <laughs> Lovely turned to me just two days ago. We were doing a program. She says, "Play the bass. Play some bass lines," and it, and it kind of just calms them down. So there are certain things that that come from our experiences with our um, ancestors, particularly my musical ancestors. My dad was, you know, as I said, was a was a bassist and playing acoustic bass, and having that sound around the house was always very calming. Mm. But um, yeah, so the the ancestral connections are have, have just brought us to this point of um having these things come through us yeah. you know these yeah. it's like the the ancestors are talking are sending us messages yeah yeah exactly and also the information is in our dna it's in ourselves mm -hmm. so what jeff is saying is like through the music it it awakens mm -hmm. that 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 memory, the wisdom, and the knowledge, and so what we find is it's so accessible for everyone because we start simply with the breath, mm -hmm. and having an embodied practice helps us get out of our heads. And you know, there's so many limitations up in the in the head, the thoughts. So when we can go deep into our breath, and when Jeff plays that the drums, you can feel the heartbeat which we can all relate to the heart. Mm -hmm. Just keeping it real simple. Mm -hmm. And and we also invite people to practice in a non-judgmental environment. Mm -hmm. So the invitation is uh, to practice non-judgment of self. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. Very. Yeah. And then of others so that we know we can create um, just a safe or an environment of um, would you say just an invitation to mm. go deeper within yeah. wow yeah and, and starting with when when we start our practice a lot of times um have people we have people focus on the sound of their breath you know the music doesn't start until people connect with their breath and the meditation and then that it starts with some nice light chimes that i play that i have it's like a star is twinkling in the universe to really take people you know 
up into the other higher chakras. So, and, and, and different frequencies, I uh, have a kalimbas that I play that probably connect people to an African experience or something, you know, when they hear that sound, it's like automatic. And then the other thing that I have, I have a foot tambourine on one foot and Indian bells on the, on the other foot. And you'll hear those going quite often. And I remember we were doing a file circle with one, with, with the group, and it came through me to connect the sound to possibilities of people hearing the chains being dragged through the jungle. You know, when you hear the, you know, and sometimes when I'm playing them, I'm like, you know, you think about people being enchained and just dragged to the ship and the, and the sounds and these, you know, almost say, and then of course, later on when people are brought here, they make chain gangs because they have people that they um, imprison for just to create a slave um, uh, class, you know, so right. anyway, it kind of goes from there, but the music is to uplift and to to bring people and you have people moving and get these um, types of sensations mm -hmm. to connect yeah. with their yeah. bodies and the, and the healing. Yeah. It's, I think what you guys are doing is um really important part of like our history as a country too. Like that, you know, we're, I mean, we're two white girls, so we don't have African ancestors, but it's a part of our ancestry in the sense that this is our culture. And like, it's not a part, it's like not talked about enough. It's not, um, it should be a bigger part of our like collective, collective right? And it, it's hidden. Yeah. But, but what the work that you're doing is bringing it to the surface. And in a way that's with productive healing as a part of it. And that is so cool. And that's why I think it's like really, it's important for everybody in different ways, right? Like it's really, and that's something that the stories that you told um, about your trip to Africa was so moving. Like I, I was able to do that. My mom took me on a bit of an ancestry trip when I was 16 um to Italy and to Ireland and uh got to see where like my great-grandparents I haven't gotten to the specific places from Italy but like where my great-grandparents were from in Ireland and um some of you know I got that experience and I've I've done dives into ancestry.com there's something interesting about that but I'm also highly aware of because I've been so interested in this sort of subject that not everybody gets to do that because if you come like from an African background, chances are that the documentation is not there to be able to easily track. Things were not um, like recorded in the same way. They didn't give that recorded history that like and which is just like deep racism. But it's just, you know what I mean? It's like even the ability to track is a challenge for a lot of people and when you guys were telling your story I was like so moved by I mean Jeff you've been able to track quite a bit I think in your history but I don't you know that's that's not always the case and to be able to sort of provide that like deep dive into the story of of the ancestors yes particularly where we were able to trace it through the tax records because enslaved people were chattel and were documented like bags of coffee and 
you know, and there were insurance records of ships and carrying mm -hmm. cargo, you know, they had to be insured. So yes, it's, it, there are records of all that. And some of, you know, sometimes they may have wanted to burn some of the records, but they're there. Yeah. But it's just, you know, it's, it's not like going to a census record necessarily or. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And yeah. it's, it hasn't been reflected in the history books. No. So maybe it's in the inventory of the tax records, but the stories of the heroes and heroines who overcame so much, those stories, a lot of those stories have been lost. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and then, and then there was, you know, the whole Jim Crow era yeah. where, and Tulsa and the Black Wall Street, where once people had their freedom, although they didn't have, any, right. you know, yeah. it was illegal to get an education. Yeah. When people did rise up, the oppression of that and, you know, the communities that were burnt down, and, and they're just now mm -hmm. uncovering in Tulsa, Oklahoma, this mass grave. Through, through new technology and yeah. drones, they're able to do it some, um, I don't know, infrared scanning, uh, and they found the grave of, of hundreds of people that were, that they probably at one time said that, they, you know, the town probably claimed that didn't happen. So now they have that. And yeah. that was a hundred years yeah. ago. It wasn't that long yeah. ago. Right. Yeah. 18, right. 19, 18, 20. So. 19, yeah. 1920. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's, it's like mind, it's mind boggling, but it's interesting because I think you guys bringing these stories as a part of your work, I guess that's what I'm saying. We're so moving to, um, to hear that and and then you also have this like experiential thing so it really stays with you anybody who gets to experience the the movement and the music it's like it's a whole full sensory experience and you get exposed to the stories and then you feel like these you know these healing modalities these dances that like culturally we we aren't exposed to as much right so and like the benefits of being able to do that too which is really really cool yeah and you talk about right that invitation not to judge yourself right because this movement in this music right it's so healing but you have to allow yourself to do it and I think that can be really hard because we're so uncomfortable in our bodies I, I feel like so much of the time um so how do you, is it through just the music and the, but if someone is coming and they want to do this healing, but they're so out of touch with their own body, that movement seems so not accessible to them. How do you, how do you start working through that with these people? What you, you all are asking such great questions. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Love the questions. Yeah. Leslie is amazing. Leslie, Leslie is like a puppet master. So when people come in, we've had a lot of people that have, have never even danced before, which is such a hard concept for me to even believe. And she's able to, we're able to make people feel so comfortable and relaxed, even, and there are a lot of people who have never done yoga mixed with people who dance with Alvin Ailey mm -hmm. and people who have done, who own yoga studios. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's an amazing skill that she has to be able to take We've done classes with 150 people in Bali mm -hmm. and to be able to bring all these people together to make this fabric of people that, that move and, and feel comfortable within themselves. 
So it's it's the, that Leslie, I believe, just evokes this non-judgmental um, power that just enables people to just have the freedom to not feel like, oh, I don't have to be Leslie. I don't have to, you know, um, move a certain way. I can just move how I can move at this point. And yeah. Yeah. So. And of course, it helps to have Jeff playing the most amazing music. So oftentimes, and sometimes people, we just invite them to come and hear the music. Mm. And uh, we've had we've had people of all abilities. We've had, I remember one class, we had a woman who was an elder and she had a dislocated hip. And she was in the room, in the circle, on a chair. And she said, I'm just here, I'm just going to, because of course you can access access your breath and that's that's the practice of yoga or just move your neck or maybe stretch your arm next thing you know she's off of her out of her chair and dancing in the circle so and it is, helps to have the music just gets yeah. you you know just moving and again with the invitation of non-judgment like no one's judging you so you don't have to do it full out mm-hmm. you don't have to be a professional dancer, professional yogi, there's no pressure. I tell guys just, you know, if you, you know, if you don't feel comfortable moving your hips, just march, you know, you're, you can be a soldier, (laughs) you You know, something like that. But I think that that woman, that was the group that we were working with. Wasn't that the the Chinese group? Yes. They were even Chinese and we had an interpreter. So that was the most amazing part. Yeah. uh, Yeah. They didn't speak English and we had an interpreter and to be able to, um, connect and relate the things about the sky and the earth, you know, and um, all the different um, elements, fire, um, to to the Chinese uh, practices was just um, uh, eye-opening. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's basically all the things that we have in common, you know, we, we think we're so different. And then, right. as you, you know, everybody it has drums and a lot of cultures have been into having circles. Mm. Uh, you know, and 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 moving around this, the the fire, you know, the, these circles. You know, you have the police who have these the drums that they bring out and they march and um, you know the the Celtic drums and mm. different things that bring people together a certain way. <laughs> I have one on my wall. You can see Erica. Dip your head. <laughs> my grandfather made that. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He passed this year, actually, this past year. But he was, he actually, I should say, he made, sorry, for anybody who's listening, since we're audio, I have a Celtic drum on my wall, and these guys can see it. And it's from Ireland, the drum. My grandfather is actually a painter, so he painted the Celtic knot on it. So I, he didn't hand make the drum. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, we, yeah. But I've always loved this. So I, I got this one in the family. I asked for this one. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and he, oh my gosh, my mom's gonna love that. Um, and <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe a little like, um, yeah. So it's just it shows you it, it's true. I mean, there are so many. Yes, there are differences, but there at the end of the day, like people are people, and I think travel is one of the greatest gifts that if you're fortunate enough to be able to do it to really like open open the eyes to anybody and um just show that that you know people are people 
and we all have the same basic wants and needs and um that's really cool that you guys are able to bring this like I said to so many different cultures and beyond and music is the great and you're you know I'm an artist my background before the wellness world and the and the podcast come from I'm a singer and come from um a background as a performing artist and uh it's sort of the great like equalizer unifier whatever it's it's like the if you can't if you have a language barrier music kind of transcends language you know it's like the language everybody speaks so that makes sense when you're talking about like just even start with the music people will listen to that because that you know that's like a part of the human experience is yeah yeah. and for anyone at home right because the trauma we carry in our body is is so intense right and I think that's why so many people are so angry, so hateful, or right, become drug addicts, alcoholics. It's like we're carrying so much trauma and we're not a society that focuses on healing. Um, You know, I think it's becoming more and more that way. But for a long time, right, it was just like push it down, bury it, continue, make the best of a bad situation, whatever. We've heard these things so much. So where I know you have, you said you have DVDs, right, that people can access. But for anybody who just is there a place you suggest beginning if somebody is interested in doing this healing work if they want to heal trauma is it start with breath is it just start journal? like do you have any advice for anyone on just where to begin this work another great question um yeah i think there's so many different entries to it so it really depends on the person so For example, some people might be more inclined to journal Mm -hmm. Um, and the breath, you know, the practice of the breath is really a very simple tool. We do a trauma healing program here in Roxbury in Massachusetts. And uh, this program was started by a woman who lost her son to gang violence. And so there's many women who have experienced that, unfortunately. And when they come into our circle, Oftentimes, like the body is so frozen because of the trauma. And you can ask someone to do some yoga asana practice, but that's just not available. Mm-hmm. Um, so the breath is such a great entry because that is something that is accessible and you can do it anytime, anywhere. I love uh, the deep belly breathing, really simple. You can do it lying on your back or sitting upright and bringing the awareness to your breath and taking a count in, imagining your belly like a balloon. So you breathe in through your nose and expand your belly for four breaths. And then you exhale as if you're exhaling out of a straw and empty your lungs for four. So finding a rhythm with your breath is a beautiful way to go into just beginning to release some of that stagnation in your body Um, and it's just it brings obviously more oxygen and which helps with the emotions and the release and you know if we're traumatized we you know if someone jumps out at you the first thing you do your cells all contract Mm -hmm. so by expanding through the breath and deepening the breath can begin to soften through those areas that have contracted and had frozen. 
And then, of course, the body carries the memory. Mm -hmm. So we can do a lot of talk therapy. Um, but with the talk therapy, I mean, the talk therapy is so important and deep and rich. And then the body still remembers. Yeah. Right. So it holds on to the story. So by going into, I, I like the breath work and then sometimes journaling if someone wants to journal and mm -hmm. recording your dreams as well, because oftentimes in the dream state is where we work out some of the trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the main thing is that we, we will be launching uh, a YouTube channel. We have we have YouTube things up. So we'll in early 2020, we'll have a lot of different segments that have that will help people beginners or yeah. and all levels of so at our, our website of aproflowyoga.com, they can find make their way when we have a lot of little videos on there because I know just saying DVDs. I mean, there's a there's a generation out there that's probably never even seen a DVD. <laughs> right? yeah. So there you go. So that was yeah. that was the one point. But then we have yeah, we have a channel, and we'll be um, updating that to give people different um, tools. That's great. Yeah, that's great to hear. Yeah. So, so Afroflow yeah, so Yoga um, YouTube, and then we, of course we have our Instagram and our Facebook, and all the ways to connect with us. Um. Yeah, I love that because that also makes it so accessible. Because I think like a lot of times you're in survivor mode, right? And like even like a lot of stuff happened in my childhood with like my mom was a single mom, and she was just surviving. So it's <laughs> now though with the internet, they didn't have the internet the way they have it when I was growing up. Yeah. So I still say DVD as I have that in my mind. Um, yeah, but, but the internet does make it so accessible because it's right there, right? It's on YouTube. So I think that's so great that you're doing that. And, and people of course can, can contact us too. They can, you know, because they may want, want other personalized, um, um, experiences or even one-on-one, yeah. -on -one, you know, so we'll have and group things and online. You guys also, um, since we're talking about it, you also do retreats as well. So can you talk a little bit about that? Are they often open to the public if someone wanted to, was able to sign up and go on them? Yes. In you know, yeah. three weeks, we're doing a retreat with Omega Institute in Costa Rica. Wow. So, and that will be for two weeks. There are two different weeks. And we're in their catalog. They're in their catalog. We've been doing these retreats with them for six years now, mm -hmm. I okay. believe. Yeah, and um, that's in three weeks, so yeah. they can always, you know. So when, I was going to say, it might be a little late for when this comes out, but if you guys want, go go to the website and see their upcoming retreats. <laughs> we'll link everything for everyone listening. We're going to link everything in our show notes, so it'll be easy to find you guys and in, in what your upcoming retreats are. Um, but we may have those, you know, those have been ongoing. So if not this year, next year. Absolutely. And we do things in the summer with Omega Institute. Le Leslie is on the women's um, leadership. leadership. Incredible. In fact, she's going to be doing um, the trapeze and, uh, you know, things of going on beyond your fear. So there's a whole trapeze wow. thing that's integrated with um, leadership that... Yeah. Uh, at Omega Institute, uh, I guess what month is that? Maybe that's in, in June. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So come out yeah. and you know, <laughs> you'll be surprised. You know, and it's very safe and it's trained professionals. You're harnessed, so there's no way. I mean, if you want to jump off, you'll you'll be caught right away. Yeah. No, I think. 
<laughs> now, for everyone listening, definitely, like, please check out their website. Please look at your Instagram page because there's something about both of you. Like, your energy is so incredible and you you it's so inviting like it makes you not as scared to want to do this work you know and even like movement is actually so hard for me I'm you know movement can be really hard for me but even just in that moment at IN live it's your energy like you said does make you want to feel safe to bring that out so um we always ask our guests uh, a couple questions as we begin to wrap up. So the first is you do really incredible work, right? And you're helping so many people. And I'm sure sometimes it can be hard maybe not to take that on yourselves, especially when you're working so closely with people who are healing or you have gone through such intense trauma. So how do you both take care of yourselves? What are some ways that you make sure to fill up your cup so that it's so that you can help other people? Great question. Another <laughs> great question. <laughs> Essential. So I had mentioned my mom, Beverly Salmon, who was a grassroots politician, community activist. From a very young age, I learned from her. She would always put self-care at the forefront of her work. And so I learned she would take me to the gym, um, we'd play tennis, we'd always incorporate walks, our whole family did that. So that is essential. And it's, it's actually, it's non-negotiable mm. to, um, to burn out that mm. to that extent, to an extent where I can't function. Yeah. So meditation, um, we have an altar on our third floor, uh, meditation practice is essential. We have a river, Charles River, here in Boston. Mm. I that is my medicine. I go mm. around the river as much as possible. We love to do activities together. Mm. Um, we play tennis. Uh, we 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 do all kinds of bike ride, um, mm. but also dance and yoga. And we've been blessed to have Afro Flow Yoga. Believe it or not, it's healing for us as well. <laughs> Just doing it, yeah. <laughs> It's been yeah. yeah, it's actually helped our marriage. Um, yeah, because we can we can have we can be, maybe be in not the best state before we're getting ready to leave the house, but by the time we do the introductions, the heart rate goes down and it's we're at sixty-six beats per minute and you know then I'm playing and I, I didn't even realize that that's what I do every time. But next thing we know we're healed. You know, like, <laughs> oh hi honey. Oh I <laughs> think you're fine. Yeah. I like you again. <laughs> 25 years. It's amazing. It's clearly working. <laughs> I'm going to get a pair of drums. No, bongos. <laughs> um, and then the final question is, over the course of your journey, whether it's with Afroflow or um, on your personal, in your personal sort of life, do you guys have any book recommendations that just stand out to you as being something special um, in your own lives? Oh, wow. Um, Lovely I mean, for test. me, heal myself was such a right. Yeah, you already. Yeah, and we can link. We can link any book recommendations as well. Mm. Good question. So many. Um, I'll have to. Yeah, that's that's something I'll have to work on. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I know people are always like, "There's not one. <laughs> There's twenty. Yeah." There's so many. Well, we really appreciate you guys joining us today. It was a great conversation. Thank you so much. And um, 
we look forward to seeing the work that you're continuing to do in the future. Yes. And maybe just one more time for our listeners. It'll all be linked in the show notes. But where can everyone find you on the Internet? Excellent. At www.afroflowyoga.com. All right. And and we're also on Facebook under Afroflow Yoga, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and all of the things. Yeah. All the places. (laughs) places. YouTube. YouTube. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And keep shining your bright lights. And thank you for the work that you're doing. And we've got to get out there to visit you. Yes. Yes. Hopefully do a pop-up in Los Angeles. That would be so fun. <laughs> sure. Thanks. Oh, and we forgot to mention we're on Dark Girl, where we've been featured in a uh, documentary for the OWN Network. Okay. Yeah. Dark Girls 2, and it's about the healing modalities. It's amazing. It's coming up in 2020, probably in um, March of 2020. Great. We will keep an eye out for that. And that's the Oprah Winfrey Network for yeah. don't know the acronym. Thank you. Hopefully nobody (laughs) doesn't know that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.